Pulse 95 Live from the Sharjah International Book Fair at the Expo Centre Sharjah. Hello everybody, good afternoon and welcome back to our live coverage of the Sharjah International Book Fair. And uh, we've got a very, very special guest with us here in the studio, uh, Dr. Leonard Mladenau, uh, the author of the book that a lot of people are talking about, Emotional, How Feelings Shape Our Thinking. Good afternoon, welcome to the show. Happy to be here. Ha glad to have you here with us. Now, uh, this book's particularly interesting to me because something I've heard a lot in my life is, you know, facts don't equal feelings. Uh, you got to get your emotions out of it. Some people are even accused of being too emotional to think in a rational way. How do you debunk that notion in your book? Well, that's such a tragedy. I, a, a lot of uh, cultures, especially in the West, uh, have this idea that, that emotions get in the way of rationality. It goes all the way back to some of the Greek philosophers. Mm -hmm. But th that is totally not true. You, you, you can't even separate. The truth is that now that we have modern neuroscience, we can study the brain, we can see the processes that go on in your brain and how emotions work. And we know now that you can't even separate emotion from rationality. When you're making decisions that you think are purely logical, they're not. They're really being heavily influenced by your emotions. And that's actually a good thing. So the whole idea of emotions versus rationality doesn't even make sense to question that. They, they work together. You've noted uh, uh, neuroscience. I mean, how far is our scientific understanding of emotions and, and their impact on, on, our, on our rational thinking, so to speak? It, it's very exciting today because we're just really at the beginning of it. I mean, we've been studying emotions scientifically for about 100 years, but it's just now that we're really getting a deeper understanding. And we're learning that what the way your brain works, it's kind of like a computer. I don't mean that literally like the computer on your desk, but it takes information, it takes data in, it processes information in order to produce conclusions or answer questions. In that sense, it's a computer. Mm -hmm. And what emotions are, it, it, are, it, emotion is a functional state of that computer. Your emotions, whether it, you're feeling fear or happiness or sadness, that emotion that you're feeling, it affects the way that processing, that computer works. So mm -hmm. think of like with your phone, you might have a phone that has a low power mode mm -hmm. when its battery is running low. It processes things, it does things differently when it's on the low power mode. Mm -hmm. Well, your brain processes information differently if you're in a state of excitement or sadness. And that's really very important because it helps us behave efficiently and react to the world in an efficient way. Amazing. Now, you've also talked that we can't make decisions uh, or even think without being controlled or let's say be influenced by our emotions. Now, how can we know that we have taken the right decision if, for example, let's say we're feeling bad or we're feeling a bit down or pessimistic? So how can we control our emotions to make sure that we've taken the right decisions? So emotions generally don't need to be controlled. They, they work, they're working with your brain every minute of the day, but they did evolve when we were living out in the, in the on the African savanna mm -hmm. in a much different world, right? Where we might be in contact with 20 people in a, in a day or in our lifetime, mm -hmm. whereas today we might be in contact with thousands of people. Mm -hmm. So just like your eyes are sometimes fooled and you have optical illusions where you don't really understand what you're seeing, your emotions can go wrong. And, and of course they can go wrong in very spectacular ways, which mm -hmm. is why emotions get a bad reputation. Mm -hmm. So there are times where it's good to learn to regulate your emotions. And there's a, there's a few things that you can do. Mm. Uh, one is just to be aware, to, to, to think about and be, try to be conscious of what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, expressing it, to telling it to other people helps. Uh, if you're angry, for example, at work, 
And if you, I don't know if you know what you know what a flame email is, where you write yes. a really angry yes. email. Those are good to write, not good to send. <laughs> so you write it, it diffuses your emotion, and then you say, so "Oh, just look at write it. them down and just don't write send it them. down and don't send it." Or I always tell myself, "I'll send it tomorrow," but tomorrow I'm calmer. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another thing is reappraisal. So I'm come from Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. People cut you off on the freeway all the time, right? You get angry. There's, you know, they're not really harming you, but it's somehow you feel angry about it, mm -hmm. and you tend to uh, villainize them. You think that guy is, uh, you know not very nice and or he's disrespecting me mm -hmm. well reappraisal means to, to think about what it is that's causing your emotion try and look at it a different mm -hmm. way so mm -hmm. i say the guy's in a hurry or he didn't see me i try to make those assumptions mm -hmm. instead of the other ones so if you catch yourself and you look at things a different way you can you can diffuse some of your mm -hmm. emotions mm -hmm. and there, and there yeah. are many other ways but those are a few of the ways that you can do it well you sometimes uh, you know the, the stimulus, yeah, it could be as obvious as someone cutting you off on the road, but other times uh, you might be reading the news and just sort of over time, I think we live, like let's say you're browsing social media, you're looking at what's happening, and uh, a lot of things are almost designed to bring out fear or paranoia or anxiety mm -hmm. about the world we live in. Uh, so could you touch on that as well, just being mindful of all the forces at play here? Uh, because we might end up feeling a certain way and we just don't know how we came to this point. Yeah, that's a very good question because we have something called an emotions called emotional contagion. Mm -hmm. Human beings, when we re relate to each other, we're built to understand and empathize with what other people are feeling, and it, it, it can their, their feelings can bleed over and become our feelings, which is mm -hmm. a good thing. If, if if I see that you're in pain and I feel the pain, I'll help you, right? Mm -hmm. But in today's world, a lot of people are using this kind of effect in social media to foment fear and anger maybe just because it gets them higher ratings because people are you know they like to watch and then they start yelling and, and and that affects all of us and it's too bad for us and the word that you use mindfulness is a way to combat that so mm -hmm. mindfulness means to be aware of your own feelings what's causing them what you're thinking and and, and just to be aware of your own mind and, and that's something that sounds simple but you have to really cultivate that and there are ways that you can exercises you can do to do that but if you're if you have this kind of mindfulness and you go I'm not going to let them manipulate me they're they're spewing anger or fear and they're trying to get me to go along but I'm me and not them and I don't have to go along with that mm -hmm. that's amazing now so doctor now you could have been developing an understanding to your own emotions and feelings now how did your understanding to emotions influence your, re, uh, your interaction with your own family and friends? Oh, well, y your, your emotions are, are there t t to a large degree to, to, uh, to enable and promote our interactions with other people in mm -hmm. general. And of mm -hmm. course, the people who are closest to you are the ones that you interact with the most. So mm -hmm. with, with your emotional, the emotional interactions within families are, are really very important to help us all work together and understand each other. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're, if you're sad about something and I come and I see my son or my wife is sad about something, then I, yes. I ask, what's going on? Can I help you? Let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. And they, that person might not say anything, but you can tell from their face or from their posture. That's, that's a nice thing about how humans are built, that we, we have these kind of connections. Mm. And we, we've touched on a lot of emotions that people tend to perceive as negative. We've talked about fear. Uh, we've talked about anger. What about the more positive emotions like joy, happiness as well? Is that uh, You've touched on that in your book as well. Yeah, so for many years, uh, psychologists didn't study the positive emotions very much, I suppose because 
they're not a problem, right? So the psychologist wants to know how can I work with people who are overly sad or mm -hmm. people who have an anger issue. They don't go, how can I work with someone who's too joyous? Yeah. <laughs> but but um, a few decades ago, they really did start to try to understand why we have that emotion, for example, and it's very interesting. The negative emotions tend to focus you more. If you're afraid, you're focused on a situation, how can you get out of it? If you're angry, you're focused on wanting to do something, taking an action because of something that, a wrong or a, something that was done to you. Well, if, if you're happy, it's, it's the opposite. Instead of focusing you and narrowing your, your focus and what you're concerned with, it broadens it. It opens you up to the world. And people who are in a happy state are more creative, they're more exploratory, they're more open to things. And so scientists believe that this evolved in order for our ancestors to explore more, in order to encourage them to explore, find new resources, and do things that would maybe not be necessary at the moment, but that would benefit them later on. So if there was a drought, I mean, you know of extra water holes, mm -hmm. well, that's a good thing. And maybe you found them because you were happy and you were dancing around <laughs> and looking. Whereas if you had just been somber the whole time and you would focus on what you have, and then when it goes away, you don't have the extra resource. That's amazing. Now, all right, so I want to ask about developing uh, the right awareness to mindfulness. How can we develop it quickly? <laughs> How can we do that? Like, real quick. Let's do it right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the, the, there, are, there are mindfulness exercises which anybody can look up on the internet, for example. And they're in, I wrote a book called Elastic where I, um, about how you get ideas, and I mentioned some of those exercises, but I'll just give you one, for example. All um, right. You, you take a a piece of uh, chocolate or something that will dissolve in your mouth that you might like, mm -hmm. and you, you, you pay attention to every moment of every uh, of the action that you that you're taking when you when you ingest this. So you, mm -hmm. if it's wrapped, you unwrap it. You listen to the sounds. You mm -hmm. look at what the wrapper looks like. You feel the texture as you put it in your mouth. You, you feel how it feels on your tongue. Not just the flavor, but the feeling. Mm -hmm. If it's dissolving or melting, you focus on that. And all the way, as, it, as you swallow it, as the whole thing goes, and you do this almost in a meditative state. Amazing. A and so that's just one exercise to help you learn how to focus. It's not just for eating, because even though this is eating, but this is an exercise that will help your brain learn how to focus on you and what your senses are, are doing to you. Mm -hmm. and, in the, in the realm of eating, by the way, I, I think I, I recommend it because it, it, it helps you learn to appreciate your food as well. Amazing. But it's, it's something that will hopefully lead more generally to a higher state of mindfulness. So you can do exercises like that. And part of it is just to keep reminding yourself to stop now and be in, in the moment, be in mm -hmm. the present. So stop. Uh, <laughs> Worrying about what's happening tomorrow, yeah, or and, the past. right, right, or, 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 or regretting what happened mm -hmm. yesterday, and think about how lovely it is to be here with you two. Mm. Oh, right? that's nice. Very <laughs> lovely <laughs> being with you here as well. Um, can you can you also touch on because we're, we're going back to the, the notion of, of debunking false perceptions of, of emotion and what it says about us as well. Uh, there, there tends to be this notion uh, that women are more emotional and, <laughs> that, and that their decisions are more irrational. Uh, Tell, tell everybody what it was. So that's a very, yeah, that's a very sexist uh, approach that yeah. that really has a history in the whole history or the whole culture of sexism where women are considered inferior. Mm -hmm. And so everything that has to do with women is inferior or anything that's inferior must be more in women. And, and we're learning that that's just totally false. Mm -hmm. First of all, if women were more emotional, that would be a good thing because emotions are good. Okay, but. 
what's happened is in our culture, men are taught, have been taught to hide or suppress their emotion. So as an aside, the worst thing that you can do is to get, if you want to get rid of an emotion is to suppress it because it never Oops. really gets suppressed and it causes more damage in your brain and in your body and it pops out later. So we have other ways of regulating emotion that I touched on earlier. Mm -hmm. Suppression is bad, but men in our society have been taught to suppress it, not to show your emotion, that emotion is wrong, and that if you really want to make good decisions, you need to get rid of those emotions and make it separately. There have been mm -hmm. studies now of people making decisions with emotions versus not with emotions, and we learn that they make better decisions with emotions. Not if emotion is going wrong, like I said, if it's an mm -hmm. optical illusion, kind of an exceptional case where where it's gotten out of control, but in normal everyday life, your emotions are helping you to make, to make decisions. And women and men experience emotion equally. Women have this reputation of being more emotional because they have, in a positive sense, been more in touch with their emotions, which I'm saying everyone should strive mm -hmm. to be, but they haven't been taught as much to suppress their emotions. A woman can cry, a man's not supposed to, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's good that a women are more in touch with their emotions because that way they can also guide, guide themselves to, to use their emotions better. So uh, they experience them the same. They seem to be more emotional because they're more in touch and more expressive about their emotions. And we should all work to evening that out yes. so men are as good as women at that. And now, what do you look forward to now that you're at the Sharjah International Book Fair? Oh, we're having it well. <laughs> it's such a, you know, it, this is a candy store for an author, right? It's yeah. books in a candy store. And my son is here. He came with me from California, and he's a chef. And so the first thing we're going to do is go look at the chef's books and the cookbooks. But um, I just love walking around. It's such a sea of books and happy people. Did you notice how happy everyone Absolutely. is? And yeah, the kids are here. Actually, Absolutely. Kids, it's great to see throngs of kids loving books. I mean, this, is, this touches my heart. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Well, glad to hear that. And uh, very exciting to, as well to have you uh, as a guest here at the Sharjah International Book Fair. And hope you have a wonderful time. Thank you. Thank you so much. Stay tuned to Pulse95. We'll continue the discussions live uh, from the Expo Center. Up next, we'll be talking to Rania about what's happening out there in the halls. Stay tuned.